Cool. All right. Well, welcome. Welcome to the podcast. Welcome to First. Last. Best. Worst. This is a songwriting <laughs> podcast about the uh, craft of songwriting. Um, it is, as far as we know, the first and only analog podcast. It is recorded on a four-track Tascam uh, tape recorder. So uh, it is the only podcast. If you available. know of one, if you hear of another podcast, kill doing the this. people that made that <laughs> podcast. Um, yeah. So uh, you know, we invite someone in every session, and uh, we we ask a lot of our guests. Actually, we ask them to uh, to play the first song that they can remember writing, their latest work, um, finished or unfinished, and then what they would consider their first song, uh, their best song, and what they would consider their worst song. Um, and you know, then we, you know, kind of explore their, their career as an artist and the craft of songwriting, uh, from that. And, um, I've been thinking about this title a lot and I realized that first, last, best, worst, right? First, last is an arc in, it's a progression in time. Yeah. Best, worst is a progression in sort of an inverse progression in talent, you know? So you have like, you have two times, you have two talents. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. See what you're saying? That's what we're going for. That's what we're going for. <laughs> and uh, arc. Yeah. I'm Carl, by the way. I should introduce myself. <laughs> yeah. We're, yeah. <laughs> uh, and my name is Taylor, and we are both um, singer-songwriters uh, and performers living in New York City. Mm-hmm. And today we have with us... Miss Megan Wright. Hello, everyone. How are you doing? I'm great. You also... <laughs> We're in Bed-Stuy right now. You uh-huh. made it from Bushwick. Yes. Right? Mm-hmm. And it was kind of a pain in the ass, right? Oh, it's just because the weather's changing and the rain and, you know, the buses and it's all, it's all beautiful outside. I do know. I, got, <laughs> I, I tried to get on the train this morning and it was just, there was just no train. It yeah. was just like, can't. So I had to take a cab down here, mm-hmm. which was quite frustrating. But uh, thanks for joining us. We appreciate course, it. yeah. Yeah. Um, so Carl, what's going what's going on in your life? What's going on in my life is I am uh making a lot of bad decisions and uh drinking a, a lot. Uh feeling a little depressed. I don't know, it's just like this weather's just been kind of gray and um I've just been feeling it's that a little, time of the year. Down. The yeah. sadness is starting to creep in creep around in. the edges. Usually the autumn though, I I'm usually kind of optimistic about autumn. It's not till like deep winter that I start to feel this, but I think the days are just getting shorter. Yeah, it's a shitty day. Yeah. But I'm working on this project that uh, heads up to everyone. Uh, I'll be recording on uh, November 12th. Uh, the venue, I still haven't locked it down yet, but I think it's going to be at this place, Fine and Raw, uh, which is a chocolate factory in, in Bushwick. However, uh, it's going to be a live concert. So I'm going to be, um, I'm going to need people to attend. So heads up on that are many, many listeners. If you would like to attend a free taping on November 12th, I'll be doing that. Uh, that's my shameless self-promotion. <laughs> cool. Yeah. Mom, if you're listening, please, uh, please come <laughs> see, my, see my show. <laughs> how, how you doing, man? What's going oh, on with just, you? Yeah, you know, it's kind of the same. Just feeling real poor. Starting to feel <laughs> the, you know, the, you know. The the changing of the seasons. Right, the weight know? of the world. Yeah. just You know, Mark Echo has this thing. That's his name, right? Mark Echo. About the power of being broke and... uh there's some truth to that, you know, like uh, this podcast, things like it's like we have no money, we have no budget, but we get to we got to do it. We call on favors from friends and everything. And, uh, you know, there's some power in being broke. 
I'm very powerful. Right now. <laughs> um, that's cool. Well, enough about our dumb bullshit <laughs> lives, Carl. They really do suck too, yeah. man. <laughs> yeah, they're awful. <laughs> um, Just kidding. Oh, before we start, a uh, big shout out to uh, Paul Blackwell, Peebly, our sound man, running the uh, running the mics, running the boards. Thanks, Paul. Tweedling knobs, yeah. Big thanks to Paul. Um, so yeah, let's get into it. Let's uh, do it. Megan, so uh, you're going to play the first song. The first song. That Can you, you just have... set it up for us a little yeah, bit? Maybe tell just... the title? Yeah, sure. So first of all, thanks so much for having me. Well, thanks for uh, being here. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so I couldn't for the life of me remember the very first song I had written. Uh, even if I couldn't really remember it, I probably wouldn't know how to play it anymore. Mm-hmm. But um, <clears throat> I'm going to play for you guys the first song that people really started to kind of uh, react to and relate to when I set out on, like on my own as a singer-songwriter. Because I used to play in bands like metal bands and punk bands and hardcore bands and one day I just decided to join the ranks of the aging punk rockers and just grab an acoustic guitar and and sing about my feelings man so let's hear it what's the name of the song this song is called Can't Carry Water cool Be by my side. 
Hot All damn, right. that was awesome. Thanks a lot. <laughs> yeah. uh, just a quick question. Uh, can you date it? I mean, can you give me a ballpark of when you think you wrote that? Yeah. Uh... I was going through a breakup, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was like probably 2000 and I want to say 10-ish. Okay, cool. Maybe, yeah. And I had moved to New York 2009 to do like singer-songwriter shit. Did you move uh-huh. with the person that this song is about? No, actually I had left someone and was dating someone new for about a year and okay. then I... Then we had a breakup, and then it just kind of made me think of all, mm-hmm. you know, when you like are super sad about a breakup, and you're younger, you're in your twenties, and you're like, I'm never gonna love again. Oh god, <laughs> yeah. you know, it's like that. So that's yeah. kind of what the song's about. <laughs> so that's the I, headspace you were in when you were writing yeah. that one. How long? How long did it take you uh, to write? I mean, did you? Is this like a single session thing, or is it, have some of the ideas been kicking around for a while before you sort of? For this particular for the, song? For that yeah, particular for song. Oh, yeah. This song kind of just like, it was came like word out. vomit. Yeah. It came out super like all at once. And it, during that time, I remember writing a bunch of songs, which ended up on um, my first like sort of like debut EP demo thing that mm-hmm. I did with a friend of mine, this guy, um, Anthony Rocky Gallo. He runs uh, Virtue and Vice Studios. And he was like such a huge help when I first started doing this stuff. Cause I hadn't done like stuff on my own before. Again, mm-hmm. like I said, I was doing stuff with bands and you know, I usually played like bass or guitar. I didn't even sing at all. Okay. Really. And, um, so, you know, he was like really instrumental, excuse the pun and like teaching <laughs> me how to sing mm-hmm. like yeah. recording wise. Cause like I had sang, like I did like choir shit in like high school and college and stuff yeah, like yeah. that, but like I'd never been like a front woman. Right. I didn't. How really... did you feel about making that step up? I mean, yeah. it was like kind of scary at first. I remember like my first couple of shows here in New York, I was like real nervous. Uh-huh. And you know, my friends were really cool. I used to drink a shitload of whiskey before I go on stage <laughs> just to <laughs> try to like calm the nerves. Yeah, liquid Take courage or whatever. Up. I I know the feeling. Yeah. <laughs> um. So there's that. But like, yeah, I don't know. It was it was a big change. I know like a lot of artists, even a lot of my friends have done the same thing, like mm-hmm. switch to doing this type of stuff over doing like the, the rock and roll band thing. Right. However, now that I have been doing this for a long time and touring, I do have a band and it's nice to be able to flesh out these songs like with the full orchestration and arrangement that I that I hear in my head when I write them. Right. So like, for instance, that song, you know, there's a lot of like percussion. There's like lap steel. Oh yeah, there's, yeah. Like, I could definitely hear it. Lots of vocal harmonies, all that stuff. It's really nice. Uh, do you do who sings the harmonies? Like your, you Actually, said your drummer plays. He harmonies. sings harmonies, yeah. and also my uh, guitar player sings harmonies. And sometimes, if I if it's like a big enough show, I'll like have a couple of my friends come up and sing too. Yeah, yeah. Um, Cause yeah, when I, if you listen to like the recordings of my most recent album, actually there's like layers and layers of vocal stuff. It's partially kind of like a throwback to like girl band, like doo-wop stuff. Mm-hmm. And then partially just because when I'm in the studio and trying to explain what I want to hear, I sing it. And so a lot of times we'll just be like, well, we'll just do that with, with voice instead yeah. of like doing like eight guitar tracks or something. You know right. I mean? So. Oh, that's cool. I like this as your first song because it sort of represents, um, from what I'm understanding, like, yeah, like you stepping forward to be the front person. And uh, that's that's really cool. 
Thanks. Yeah, you've um, got a you've got a whistling solo in this, <laughs> in this song, and my uh, my theory about whistling solos is that as a singer songwriter, you get one. You get one in your whole career. You get one whistling solo. <laughs> Um, like for one song or you get just... one for one song. Okay. Yeah. You have to choose it, uh, wisely. wisely. Yeah. I think that was beautiful. I think you, I think you picked a, a great song for that to be. So there better not be whistling on any of the other songs. I'll do my best. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think, I think that, I think it's a fair rule. I, I think mean, you can feel rule. free to disagree with me, but you know, feel pretty strongly about yeah. it. I did. I played a show one time at the bitter end. I remember and the guy that played after me was like a, like the best whistler in the world i don't know who who the authority is that told him that or whatever but so we're like playing and uh, he's playing guitar and he did the thing where he stepped on his cable i was playing harmonica he stepped on his cable and like pulled his guitar out i don't know it's just really funny so i had to keep the rhythm going just with a harmonica until he like figured out what was going on uh i'm like questioning if he really was the best whistler (laughs) it might have been just a self-appointed title (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't know if there is like a really a central governing body for whistlers. <laughs> Probably not. Yeah. Um, well, can we maybe make a pivot now towards uh, the next song? The, sure. Uh, last or latest song. Yes, we can totally do that. Um, by the way, usually during the whistle solo, my, my drummer, Andrew Nesbitt, plays the harmonica and he is a fantastic multi-instrumentalist oh cool so you're you're actually saving your whistle solo for maybe something in the future <laughs> not today not today Strategic. i don't think i'm gonna do another one but i'm just letting everybody know that <laughs> yeah i don't i don't not usually cashing it in yet. yeah <laughs> smart yep okay so this next song um i actually kind of got the idea for when me and my friends who are in a different band but who i've toured with a lot we're driving back from South by Southwest, uh, not this past one, but the one before. And we're driving, so from Texas to New York, which is really fucking long. <laughs> um, and we were in a van, and it was like, that day was actually my birthday, I remember, because it was like, we had gotten super fucked up the day before. We <laughs> 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 were driving back. Dude, actually that night, it was so cool. We ended up stopping in Little Rock, on the way to back mm-hmm. to New York, we just had to stop, and we yeah, yeah. found some like dueling piano bar. Oh, really? Yeah, it was so sick, and we made one of the guys play Journey's "Don't Stop Believing." I got on stage and sang it, and the beers and shots were two dollars. Two dollars. Oh my <laughs> yeah, god! It was absurd. That makes me want to just cry for living in this. City. Dude, it was the it was a very fun birthday. But anyway, so that day we were like riding in a van, and you know, you know when you run out of shit to talk about, everybody just gets quiet, and like we're just mm-hmm. listening to music or whatever. And I was like looking at the sky, and in both directions, there was fucking literally nothing because it's Texas. It was just like desert, like no mountains, like nothing. And I was like, wow, the sky looks huge. And then I was like, dude, we should write a song called Big Sky. And so that's where I got the idea for the song. But I didn't end up writing it until probably like a month later. Uh, I had been going to Nashville to write with this guy, Zach Malloy. He's a songwriter. In the Nashville scene, like he's gotten really like awesome cuts with like Carrie Underwood and like Tim McGraw and shit like that. And he nice. used to be in this rock band called the Nixons back in the nineties who had like a lot of success too. Mm-hmm. Um, so we had actually written about three songs together and this was like the fourth one that we wrote. And so it's kind of like a co written song. We mm-hmm. wrote it, it probably took like an hour. Uh, but we were super happy with the way it ended up and it ended up being my favorite song of that whole session oh yeah um 
and we released it on 4th of July. Oh, cool. Yeah. I can't wait to hear it. It's called Big Sky. When I was just a kid, the clouds were more than clouds. They were fighter jets and dragons, eagles flying around, all wrapped up in blue, going on forever. It was innocence and we had the perfect view. Now buildings block out heaven, and passion's grown cold. Still I remember everywhere I go. We're all under the same big sky Living out the days of our lives Keep dreaming, keep chasing down the light Under the big sky thousand miles to go been on the road for days somehow we're still in texas but i'm in a better state we're setting ourselves free on the edge of the horizon now all we really have to do is breathe underneath the same big sky living out the days of our lives keep dreaming keep chasing down the light under the big sky Awesome. <laughs> Question. When uh, you said Zach Malloy, is that mm-hmm. his name? Uh, when you and Zach write together, what's like a session like that look like? Um, specifically for this song. 
Uh, you come with the idea for the title because you already had that bouncing around your head? For that song, yeah. So we did four songs. Um, the first song we did was so random. It was like the first time we ever met and I was on tour again. And Seems like you're touring a lot. <laughs> I was touring a lot, <laughs> I was lot, touring yes. a lot. And um, I actually had to make like a, a pit stop. We played, we played Atlanta, played the Masquerade in Atlanta, drove to Nashville so I could have this writing session in the morning with him for like an hour. Oh, wow. And then I can't remember where we played after that, but it was out of the way. Maybe like Athens. I don't know. I, I think know. we went back to Georgia or that area <laughs> or something. Um, but so... That first session we did, he came up, he had an idea. Oh, okay. And it was about um, California just ain't far enough away. That was the line. <laughs> and we wrote a song from that. Oh, that's awesome. You know awesome. what I mean? So, yeah. yeah, we got to know each other for like 15 minutes and we wrote a song. And then <laughs> the next few times we wrote, we had more time because I was like in town in Nashville for a few days to write with him. Okay. I think I did play a show while I was there too, but like the main reason I was there was to write. So we had like more time, you know, we were more relaxed. He's a super cool guy, like yeah, super yeah. easy to get along with. So the first song was his idea. Second song, kind of similar. Like we were talking about like heroes and like what, how the world's all fucked up and stuff. So we wrote a song called We Don't Have to Be Heroes. And another song we wrote uh, was called Knots. And we were talking, it was a song about like how when people get together and they want to... Um, like they just are having a good time. They're not trying to be like serious with each other or whatever, but then all of a sudden it gets real serious and then shit goes crazy. Mm -hmm. That song. And then, so I think big sky was like the main one that I was really like, I want to write this song. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh -huh. So that one, uh, that one was written, I guess back in July, you said, uh, last year back in July. Gotcha. Yeah, cool. I'm only doing songs that are released right now. I hope <laughs> that's okay. No, of course. <laughs> totally. So there yeah. are some songs that I have written since then, but like they're not released, so I'd rather not. No, yeah. that's but uh, everything I'm going to be doing today is going to be you can listen to it like on you know uh, Spotify, iTunes, SoundCloud, Amazon, all that junk. So awesome! Check yeah. it out. Yeah, definitely. Big Sky. I'm reminded of. Uh, do you know Chris Whitley? Do you know who that is? He's sure. like a guy from the '90s. He had a song that was a hit on. Uh, Oh, what's that movie where they drive off the cliff? Uh, oh, the women? two chicks. Yeah. Oh man. Uh, uh, okay, I can't Laverne remember. Laverne Shirley. Laverne Shirley. No, it's like two names. Anyway, he had a hit on that. Anyway, he has. A, I think that album uh, was called Big Sky Country or something. Anyway, oh yeah. Just, well, Montana is Big Sky Country. Right. Exactly. So you would think I would get like a cool sync or like maybe one of their things would buy yeah. that thing, but they're not. So <laughs> but whatever. no, how do you, and how do you even call Montana? You're like, Hey Montana, what's up? I got this song for you. You're going to love it. You're going to love it. <laughs> it's about Texas. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I literally, yes, exactly. <laughs> awesome. Um, so what, uh, what label are you on? Like, can we talk about that for yeah, quick? Yeah, sure. Uh, Blacktop Records. Um, they just had like their 10 year anniversary last year. And I did like a design for their 10 year anniversary t-shirt. Um, I draw also and do like graphic design. I do album layouts. I've done some for Blacktop Records. Like he put out a seven inch out, uh, vinyl for Lisa Loeb and I did that album layout. Awesome. Um, some other stuff too. Like, Are Drew they based in New York? Or? No, actually in Canada. Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah. Toronto. <laughs> a lot of good stuff coming out of Toronto. <laughs> Dude, seriously, some of my favorite bands are from Canada. Yeah, and yeah. And some of my favorite comedy. I love Kids in the Hall. Yeah, Kids in the Hall. Norm MacDonald. Yeah, he's like one of my favorite uh, comedians ever. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I think you mean Kevin MacDonald. 
Norm McDonald? Norm McDonald is he's he Canadian? SNL. Yeah, he's Canadian. Oh, but yeah, that's SNL though. Yeah. yeah. But he's from Canada. Got it. Yeah. Cool. Uh, I know I know a lot about him. He just came out with a memoir. Uh, just FYI, yeah. <laughs> we're not check here to plug. I other know Norm. Shit. Well, I love stand up. So I'll check it out. Yeah, I love stand up too. That's yeah. what I love about New York. Is tons of stand up. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. happening. Taylor does some stand up. Do. Oh, nice. Yep. Cool. That's <laughs> awesome. He's not funny. <laughs> no, just yeah, it's a disaster. <laughs> um, just kidding. So you started off in, uh, you said doing punk and metal bands, and now mm-hmm. you've kind of made that full kind of arc to being, to, you know, doing sessions with Nashville uh, songwriters. So that's like a really, how long has that progression taken you? Well, you know, as, uh, so it was weird. So I started out like loving all music. Like I actually played saxophone for 10 years. So Alto? like a lot of jazz, yeah, uh-huh. Um, probably hence the whistling a little bit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then um, in my teens, I got really into like punk and ska and stuff. And then I got to, I grew up in Hawaii. So a lot of the stuff that we had was like West Coast stuff. Mm-hmm. But we did get some East Coast stuff and some like, you know, Chicago stuff. Uh, and then, so I was like listening to like Revelation Records bands and like Victory Records bands. Uh, Asian Man Workers Band, so this type of stuff. And like, I got to college um, in 2001. I know I'm dating myself, but it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> and it was on the mainland, and like, everybody that liked music that wasn't like pop or whatever was like all hanging out together, but they all kind of just listened to like really heavy stuff. So I got really into like the New England hardcore and metal scene. And started going to shows at like the Worcester Palladium and like the Bomb Shelter in New Hampshire. And it was just like really like heavy, aggressive music. Mm-hmm. Um, and me and my friends decided to like start bands. So, you know, I started playing electric guitar where I had only played saxophone before. Yeah, yeah. So it's an easy transition. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's, that's the hardcore way. Just like you don't know how to play guitar. You just buy a guitar and start a band. Precisely, yeah. yeah. That's cool. What, uh, do you remember what your first axe was? What your first yeah, guitar? it was an Ibanez, yeah. and it was like just a regular like six-string like double cutaway thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and we probably played like I don't know five or six shows or something. Like it was no big deal. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then I started playing bass for this other band called Mortensia, and we were like a death metal band. So it was like we started getting heavier and heavier. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I played in a few different bands, and then. I moved to Massachusetts after I graduated and met this guy who had a band already called Running With Karma. And he was like, I'm looking for a bass player. You want to play bass with me? So I started playing bass for his band. And then me and my boyfriend at the time, he was a drummer. And this other guy was a guitar player. So we all kind of for- reformed the band. Mm-hmm. And Kept the we, name? or Yeah. Mm-hmm. and Because the singer was the guy who had the name. It was his oh, right. band. Um, he also played guitar and keys. And so we all wrote the songs together. It was really fun. I really liked those guys and playing with them. But they made a really kind of like unfortunate choice when it came to the record label. I'm not going to say what it was and why it was bad, but it was just bad. And then everybody decided they didn't want to tour. And I was like, what? Why? Yeah. (laughs) I was like, why did we just make this record? What are you guys doing? So at that point, I was just kind of like had realized I was, you know, working all these crappy jobs I didn't like. Actually, they're pretty good jobs. Like, 
I was working at UMass Amherst and had like a 401k and shit. <laughs> but like, I just Fuck realized that. all of my <laughs> spare time was spent doing music. And that's uh-huh. all I gave a shit about. Yeah, yeah. So I was like, fuck this. Like, I'm going to move to New York and just see if I can just do music as a job. Right. You know what I mean? So I did all kinds of stuff. I was like, I did stuff for hire. Like, I would play bass for, like, rappers. Mm-hmm. Dude, that shit paid so good. Like, when <laughs> they... Shit. Yeah, they would, like, go play schools or, like, shows here. And mm-hmm. I would get paid $300 to play, like, the same note for one song. Because they just wanted a band and, well, like... Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you, have, do you still have their numbers? <laughs> <laughs> I don't even I think that they do stuff anymore. Either that or they changed it. Was, this was, like, the mid early to mid-2000s. Um, oh, back when everyone still had money. Exactly. Okay, cool. Yeah, labels still had money yeah. to like pay for shit like that. Yeah. Um, yeah, and it was just like I had like that look, like I was like a rocker chick or whatever. So mm-hmm. they're like, "Yeah, you're perfect." <laughs> so I'd get that, and then I got hired by this other like production company. They were holding auditions for like a girl band, and so I ended up playing guitar in a girl band that was like all the songs were written by Bootsy Collins and the guys from this old '70s funk band called Slave. Damn. So I, and that was Dope. a paid gig. Yeah. And I was That's just awesome. getting paid, yeah, just to play like really easy funk stuff. Yes. Amazing. <laughs> <laughs> that is amazing. Yeah. So then but then that dried up. Uh-huh. Uh, one day me and all do. the girls showed up to our rehearsal. We were we used to rehearse at Montana Studios, which is really nice. I don't know if you've ever been there. I haven't, but um huge. And one day we showed up and there was no one there. Usually there's like a ton of people there. And it was just one guy, and he was like, hey, ladies, the project has been canned. Like, here's your paychecks. And we were like, what? (laughs) So we were like, fuck, we all have to go back to being baristas and bartenders. Yeah, show business. Yeah, so we did that, and that's kind of when I started, like, writing my own shit. Yeah. Oh, that's Um, cool. Yeah. Cool. Well, let's get to another song. Are you cool with that? Yeah, All right, the next one up, it would be Best. Uh, Can you maybe set this one up for us a little bit? Yeah, so I don't know really that this is my quote-unquote best best song i've ever written because i have other songs that people think are better but this is the one that has you know like 10 or eleven thousand plays on spotify and like the video has them like thousands of views and all this other shit probably just because it's like fun and it's about cocaine and they're swearing (laughs) yeah (laughs) but uh yeah i wrote this song also in like probably 15 minutes i remember me and my friends were at were you talking really fast yeah (laughs) (laughs) I got a great song. I got a great song. <laughs> Me and my friends were at, have you guys ever been to Duff's? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I actually used to bartend there a long time ago. Oh, cool. But we were there and we would go, I lived like literally across the street from it at the time <laughs> and I was single and just partying and you know how one does. I do. <laughs> <laughs> and we would go back and forth between my apartment and Duff's to like do blow or whatever else we were doing. Uh-huh drugs and so <laughs> who's we, to say yeah once we were like over there and we were sitting there and i had it was kind of like this like my living room was like also my studio it was just like everything was set up in there all my guitars and amps and stuff and the my friend who actually just had a baby Lindsay Weebach, um she was with this guy at the time and she was like yeah man dude megan can write a song about anything seriously it's like <laughs> she's got hooks for days and then her boyfriend's like, fuck that. That's bullshit. I don't believe that. And then she's like, dude, fucking show him. And I'm like, okay. So I started singing about there was a bottle of whiskey on the table, which is the opening of the song. 
And it's just like, you'll hear the song is super, super simple. <laughs> it's the same shit over and over and uh-huh. over again. And like, it's literally just about the stupid shit that people do when they're like lonely and brokenhearted and just want to get fucked up. All right. Let's hear it. Yeah. Let's hear it. <laughs> <clears throat> this song is called Cocaine. Yes. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> I got a bottle of a whiskey stabbing me in the face on the table. It is saying, please, 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 please drink me all by yourself. I got a group of rowdy girlfriends stabbing me in the face in my doorway. They are yelling, please, 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 please come play. Put away your broken heart for another day. Let's do some motherfucking cocaine. Help us stay up all night. Run around the town. Find us some new young guns. To get me to come around so I can forget about you. Spent on some motherfucking cocaine. Help us stay up on night. We'll go down when the sun comes up. Who needs love when you've got drugs? Hey, hey, I got a guitar. Staring me in the face for in the she is saying, drink that whiskey in your cup. Get some help from that good stuff. So I can stay up all night and write more songs about you. Cause I got more songs about you. Some help from my good friend, old lady. White I need some motherfucking cocaine. <laughs> That's yeah. great. That's that awesome. was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I'm immediately struck with the idea that uh, we like when you do things to quote unquote forget. You, all you end up doing, how much of a fallacy that is, because all you end up doing is thinking about them more and writing yep. songs about them, and then you're gonna have to sing that song on a podcast years later, or whatever. It's immortal. My, my pain is immortalized. Right, yeah. exactly. So instead of... Uh, Your pain sounds pretty fun, though. Honestly, so. That's kind of uh, like how I am, though. I make jokes about everything. It's yeah. like, you know how comedians are like the most depressed people? Right. Same thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, that's, that's cool. I definitely like... I get a little bit of like a Amy Winehouse vibe from it, you know, just with like the forthright talk about drugs. And also, um, now just hearing that song, I'm like, Oh, like I, I do kind of hear a little bit of like Amy Winehouse in your voice. Is, is she an influence for you? Not originally. 
Um, I totally respected her work. I mean, I respect it so, but she's dead. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Rest in peace. Or rock in peace, however she wants to roll. Um, but yeah, I mean, she's cool. There's definitely like a kindred spirit there because, you know, back when I was finding myself as a person, I was like very into like old 60s type of stuff. Like I actually used to make my hair really big. Uh, <laughs> but this was before anyone heard of her. It was right. weird. Like yeah. I just used to always tease up my hair every single morning. Like I spent an hour and I had like a big, like big beehive. flip thing. Actually, oh, yeah. I didn't do the beehive, but I did a flip mm-hmm. and you know, just like I liked the whole pinup look and stuff like that. But I liked it with like piercings and tattoos, which I have. Right. Um, and then, yeah, I like her grit and her voice. And I like that she's honest because I get sick of like a lot of like bullshit music that <laughs> has no, heart to it no soul to it right but yeah she really was like she i think she paved the way for like modern songwriters to be able to be like hey man i could say whatever the fuck i want yeah yeah fucking amy did it you know so totally plus the like dap tones and the backing band was just so oh yeah yeah definitely i love i'm a huge amy winehouse fan (laughs) yeah she's my um spirit animal (laughs) (laughs) i hear that well hopefully not too much yeah well (laughs) there was actually this point i was living in cape Girardeau, and i remember this was when she was still alive and i remember i was like super stoned and i was driving down the road and i thought i saw a five dollar bill i was very broke and i pull over i'm in the middle of the street looking for this five dollar (laughs) bill and there was a moment where i was like oh my god i'm like i'm amy winehouse because this was when she was like a wreck and looking for drugs in her behind yeah yeah and she was just like wandering around in the street streets in London and like um you know and of course all that's like tabloid driven stuff so probably wasn't as bad as people you know what I mean it gets compounded by the fact that people care and are interested in writing about it anyway I just had this moment where I'm in the middle of the street looking for a five spot and I'm like I gotta gotta straighten my my life (laughs) out here I've definitely had Amy Winehouse moments in the past like when I was just trying to forget shit and I'm like I know where I can get cocaine like that kind of thing yeah just yeah If you haven't gotten it, my rule was if you haven't gotten it by midnight, don't get it. Because you're, you're definitely going to regret it later. Yeah, that's a yeah. good... That's a good... I need to write that down in my notebook. Yeah. Hold on. <laughs> that's awesome. Uh, can we talk a little bit about... I've noticed uh, just the way you grab your chords. Uh, you tend to use like... Um, power chords. Yeah, power yeah, chords Yeah, because I'm a lazy guitar player. I was well, never like... Shredder, you know what I mean? Uh-huh. Like I played power chords in pretty much every band I've ever played in. Yeah. Because I, also I've never been taught. Like oh, I right. just, I mean, I took lessons for sax. So yeah. like, you know. Right. So you have an ear for melody, but then guitar is self-taught? Yeah, and it's much? kind of always just been like a vehicle for me to get my point across to other people who are better musicians <laughs> so they can actually yeah. play something cool. <laughs> well, man, I get it. But like you look at like Richie Havens or somebody who just like, no, not a virtuoso, but he just like, it's all feel, you know, which is what you want, you know? Thank you. <laughs> Does that make any sense? <laughs> all right, cool. Um, now yeah. we're going to get to it. This is the last one. This is what you interpret as your worst song. This is, yeah, this is a song that's going to make <laughs> us regret asking you to be on this podcast. This is the worst. This is the like- lowest of the low. This is like the hardest because I don't know what that song is really, mm-hmm. which is not to say like, oh, I think all my songs are great, but like, you know, it's just kind of, I don't know. Well, that's sort of the idea of the prompt because 
on a certain level, you have to like all of your songs because you wrote them. You yeah. came, they came out of you, you know. So that's what that's the interesting part. We're asking like, is there one maybe you don't play anymore? Maybe you don't feel the way you maybe felt when you wrote it, or yeah, I was thinking of playing this one song, which this is the part that sucks because I think a lot of people still like the song. I actually hate playing it because I'm so sick of it. <laughs> oh, um, so just because you feel like it's played out or because the sentiment of the song both. is now... Okay. Yeah, it's like it doesn't mean anything to me anymore, And then, but I get requests for it and uh, yeah. people expect to hear it. And I just... It's it's a fine song, but I don't like to play it. <laughs> What's the title? It's called Love My Heart in Brooklyn. Okay. Yeah. <clears throat> Should I tell you about what I wrote about or do that afterwards? We'll do it afterwards. Okay, yeah. cool. Let's hear it. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, no problem. Let's this is only episode two. We're not, very, we're not very polished. Yeah. <laughs> okay, cool. So, oh yeah, this one does have a whistle in it, but it's not a solo, but it's part of the song. Yeah, I didn't okay. mean to make you self-conscious about my, <laughs> right. my whistling rule. Cool, all right. That was just Here something that I came up with in my head. <laughs> it's not part <laughs> of the real You're world. You're not going to send it to like yeah. future guests. Like, no <laughs> whistle. All right. Oh, your face is sunshine, baby. Can't bear to see you cry No, I'm leaving you again To chase those rusted dreams of mine The clouds keep scrawling out The same old tired lines Goodbye, love you, darling Kiss my lips just one last time As my plane begins to taxi As your taxi leaves my plane Well, I am with you in the backseat I'll be with you on that train Smile and wave and bless me as we pull away And I'll be home before you know it To get the heart I left in Brooklyn in the rain home baby please promise you won't cry and I promise I will call and text and photograph and write gotta keep the lifeline open to reach what I left behind keep it safe and warm and dry without it I will die though it may be sunny here in Sturgeon Bay covers my name because I left my heart in Brooklyn in the rain Whoa, bridges boundaries and borderlines they may keep me from you but only for a time Whoa, bridges boundaries and borderlines they may keep Bedroom home and drive while I'm away. 
<laughs> that was great. Yeah, I can see why it gets requested a lot. I loved it. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, normally the end where I was singing the shout outs to the towns, uh -huh. various members of my band will fill in. So it's like a call and response. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and then I, but if, depending on where we are, what city we are, I usually say the name of the city right. or like the name of the venue. Yeah. I just have like two syllables. I had the urge to cheer when you said Bedstuy because that's where I'm at right now. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's exciting. A, yeah, that's a good like. That's a crowd pleaser, and it's like it's great because like, like rappers do that shit all the time. So yeah. it's cool to see that in a like a folk, you know, like songwriting context. So that's. I that's feel neat. like a lot of. He's like in there with a pencil, <laughs> rolling it back in. All right, and we're back. We just had to uh, flip the tape over. So, <laughs> but town, town town names in songs. Yeah, I think it's like I've heard Tom Waits talk about it. That it's like one of the it's one of his favorite things, and I it's it's mine too. Food and uh, city names. I love it. Food. Yeah, food, which is weird. Uh, and I I don't know why. I mean, I guess I like Jimmy Buffett and the whole like cheeseburger in paradise thing but yeah. not just that like um, I mean Weird Al Yankovic's uh, the food album was like a big <laughs> part of my child like my just my growth as a human that's weird, awesome <laughs> yeah Weird Al was a pivot like I knew like more Weird Al versions of popular music songs oh, than I knew here. the actual like yeah. like a virgin I didn't I wouldn't know the words of that but I could sing every word to like, like a, a surgeon, surgeon. Yeah. <laughs> yeah absolutely <laughs> That's amazing. But let's talk about that song uh, a little bit, just about the writing part of it. Why does uh, it suck? Why <laughs> yeah. is it bad? Like, why do you not like... So you mentioned... Because it's a really yeah, good song. Yeah. I uh, quite uh, enjoyed right. it. I'm glad you like it. But, um, <laughs> so, I mean, the reason that you selected this one, is you're just not feeling it anymore? Yeah, I mean, well, first of all, I have this horrible habit of writing songs with the word rain in them. And sometimes I just like I've had to stop myself over the last few years because I just always write about it. I mean, I'm sure it's just my I think everyone's got nature. this. Yeah, <laughs> just like ticks that they come back to. Yeah. like just these words are like you know. Yeah, I have a um, song called "Sunshine Through the Rain." I have a song called "Rain and Wine." Like, there's just too much rain. <laughs> it's so, raining today, by the way. Yeah, so. exactly. <laughs> Which, weirdly enough, a lot of times when I play shows, it rains. Oh yeah. Not that I'm saying like I control the weather, <laughs> but I just think it's a funny, weird thing. Yeah. Because yeah. then people are like, "Yeah, I'm working in the rain. That's so. It's so timely." <laughs> but like, so that song, I wrote it from the perspective of a person that I was dating at the time. Um, and I was playing a festival in Sturgeon Bay, Wisconsin. It's this thing called the Steel Bridge uh, Festival Songfest, and they do it every year um, in the summertime there. And the person that I was with, I think we were only together for like, not that long at that point, like, I don't know, six months or something, but we were friends for a little while. And he was a touring guy. He was like a tech. like So he worked for like really big bands like GNR and like fucking Fall Out Boy and shit like that as a mm -hmm. guitar tech. And he was always touring and I would, I had just started touring. Like, so I wasn't doing it as on the level like he was like, he would be right. gone for like three months. Right. You know what I mean? And we would hardly see each other. Um, the longest tour I've ever done was like two months. So yeah, yeah. same here. Yeah. That's enough. <laughs> <laughs> That's enough. It was a nice tour though. It was Vans Warped Tour, so I was on a bus and it was yeah. like pretty nice. That's not the type of touring I'm No, no. Yeah. <laughs> normally I do like the shitty van tour. Trust right. me. That's what I'm used to. But so, anyway, he's used to like the nice big bus tours. And yeah, stuff. yeah. It's just different. But totally. like, so I if you this... have a guitar tech in general, it's a different level of yeah, tour. Yeah, totally. Life is just like 
way better. <laughs> um, so I was writing it from the perspective of him, like while I was there. I was actually like working on my mom's farm, like because I was staying with her, and she had me like work on some like herb garden thing for her, and I was like singing the lyrics left my heart in Brooklyn in the rain in that melody, mm-hmm. like while I was working in the garden. And then like later on went inside and like kind of fleshed out the song, most of it. Um, and I ended up debuting it at that thing. Oh yeah. Part of the, part of the steel bridge song fest is that people write new music there. Uh-huh. A lot of it is like collaborations though. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, this guy, Pat McDonald, oh, what the fuck What's this band called? Oh my God. This sucks. But he <laughs> was in this band. It was like, my future is so bright. I gotta wear shades. What is the yeah, what band uh, is that? I mean, I know the song. It's I don't know who. Kill me, man. Yeah. Oh, uh, Timbuk Three. Is that oh, okay, what yeah, that sounds right. I think so. But he... I don't know. I know the song for sure. Yeah, I'm probably. <laughs> That's totally a real wrong. band. Yeah, it's I... from like the '80s. Yeah, Timbuk Three. Yeah, that was like a huge hit. Uh, like, My future so bright. I gotta wear shades. But it was about like nuclear. Yeah, threats. right. Uh, uh, yeah. That's funny. <laughs> it's like, yeah, it's it's a completely that's depressing cool. song. Yeah, yeah. it's Which, one of the like, notorious that's kind of like how he is. Like he's very like political and mm-hmm. stuff like that. But so he started this festival a few years ago to like save this old bridge that they wanted to tear down. This is in Wisconsin, is it? Yes, yeah, okay. Bay, Wisconsin. And so I was there, and I played like probably five shows, five or six shows in like four days or something, because it's just like the whole. It's like how South by Southwest yeah, takes or, over all of Austin. Right, or CMJ. You, Everything re- is a fucking peace. venue. Yeah, right. exactly. Rest in peace. Um, I mean, it was, in my opinion, it should have probably died like maybe five years ago. <laughs> yeah. No, totally. And those sort of things, it just like they get. Oh, it's overwhelming, and yeah. uh, I don't know. I don't. I don't really understand the whole bands are going to play. 10 minute sets but 20 of them i it seems weird to me you see a lot of different music but it i i don't know i like so it like used to be like a conference so people right. would come check out bands like new bands that nobody heard of and they'd be mm-hmm. like oh i'm gonna sign this fucking band when when labels had when money. labels had money <laughs> but nowadays it's just like huge bands like i think it was like arcade arcade fire or something like that or one of those big ass bands that was like we got discovered at cmj so now we're gonna play a huge show during cmj right. and it was like this giant show and like thousands of people went and it was like 40 bucks a ticket and so it's like this whole evening of all the cool underground bands from new york was not covered right because this giant band so it was like Took cmj it. already died it was already <laughs> right. dead you know yeah, what i mean yeah. i don't know um <laughs> But mu- so you debuted this at uh, the Steel Bridge. Yeah, and it was like pretty good at the time. And then I kind of like reworked it a little bit over time. The whistle always stayed. The whistle oh, yeah. was like part of it, and uh-huh. then it became. I think what happened was the whistle was only in the beginning before, and then when we were recording in the studio, we were like, we should do that more in the song. So it became kind of like the, like a running melody of the right. song kind of thing. And so you think that ruined the song? So <laughs> thus proving my theory the holds weight. Yeah. <laughs> no, it was just like, it's like I wrote this song from the perspective of that guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like as though he was singing it to me. Right. But, and I fucking hate that guy now. <laughs> so that's annoying. And then the rain yeah. thing is annoying. And then yeah. like, sometimes I just feel like it's corny. Yeah, yeah. Because I've played it so much. And like, you know, you just right. get sick of it. And then the just over like, it. Yeah. You're over the song. I'm over the song. It happens. Yeah. Well, like I said, having heard it for the first time here on First, Last, Best, Worst myself, <laughs> I enjoyed it. But oh, I could you. see why I, you know, I, I, 
your perspective makes complete sense to me. You Thank know? you. Yeah. And that's just, you know, that's just part of it. You know, you write stuff, you're excited about it and then you hate it. Yeah. And then you, but then you write something else and you like it. I mean, you're talking to a guy that does wheels on the bus. Which is five a days out of the cool. week. A classic. Classic. Yeah. But you get, I'm still, you get pretty wa- tired I'm of still it. waiting to write my wheels on the bus. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you can though. I mean, that song is eternal. That's what's crazy about kids music. And I guess folk music in general, some of those songs just, they just stick around. You are my sunshine. I mean, people have been singing that for a long time. Anyway, yeah, that's like song. <laughs> uh, can you um, tell us about where people can find your music online and stuff? You say you're on Spotify? Oh, yeah, all over the internet. So my name is spelled kind of fucked up, which is, I'm sure, a turn off. It's <laughs> Megan, M-E-G-H-A-N-N. So it's an H and two N's. And then write like the Wright Brothers, W-R-G-H-T. So if you're on iTunes or Amazon or Spotify or whatever else you use to listen to music, it's there. Just look for my name. And then if you want to check out my socials, um, Megan Wright Music is pretty much all of them. So if you just look up Megan Wright Music on Instagram, Facebook, uh, Tumblr, my Do you website enjoy doing all that music. stuff? Do you enjoy the social media aspect of being a modern day musician? Yeah, it's weird because it's totally second nature to me now. In fact, I do it for a lot of other artists and right. also companies. Like I've done it for restaurants and bars. Uh-huh. It's totally like I don't even think about it usually. Yeah, yeah. Um, Probably because I've been doing it for so long. So like as soon as I started doing stuff in bands, like in the, you know, 2001, Mm -hmm. uh, there was MySpace and that was like where you posted about shows and where you met other bands and you made friends. It used to be when you went to the Roots website, it was their MySpace page for for a very long time. Yeah, a lot of bands, their MySpace was their website. MySpace was awesome. Because it was free. Yep. And you could put up a player, uh, your own player. Mm -hmm. It was great. It was great. It was like... Rest in peace, MySpace. Yeah, rest in peace, MySpace, which, <laughs> hey, again, that should still exist, I guess, but nobody yeah, uses yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. I, I think I still have a MySpace link out there somewhere. I'm sure I do. Uh, so do but, you have any shows coming up? Yeah, just one. Uh, I'm five months pregnant currently, so I'm not really like actively trying to tour or book yeah. shows, mm-hmm. but um, I am, my PRO is BMI. I don't know if I need to explain what that is. We are a performance writers organization. BMI is broadcast music something industry, mm-hmm. whatever the fuck. Yeah, <laughs> it's I. <laughs> but I've been using that for since I started doing this. So, um, so they actually asked me to play their acoustic lounge thing that they do once a month at Rockwood Music Hall, and I'll be playing that on October 25th at 8 p.m. And the way those shows work is it's usually two artists. And they do like a round, like they're both on the stage and kind of like similar to what we're doing now. Mm-hmm. You know, like we have a few songs, we take turns playing them and talking about, talking them. about them. Is okay. it a, which cool. stage at Rockwood is it on? Do you know? Whatever the bigger one is. Is two? it two? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I always a great get them venue. mixed up. It's my favorite. Yeah. Cool. Um, well, I cannot thank you enough yeah, for coming absolutely. and doing this. Everyone go see Megan on the 22nd. 25th. 25th. <laughs> <laughs> October's We're so bit. bad at playing. Yeah, we're <laughs> we're going to get Me our shit Carl together. Are the worst. This is the worst podcast. <laughs> it is the worst podcast. Well, that's our sign off. Thanks again, <laughs> Megan. And uh, you have been listening to First, Last, Best, Worst. Peace and love, everybody. Cheers. Bye. <laughs>